0: This is Five on Three, center ice for all
1: things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to Five on Three, WFUV's podcast for all things NHL and hockey. I am Samantha Boer, back here with the usual crew for this year, although it's only been one week. Uh, (laughs) Tyler Mooney and Lou Orlando, it is a beautiful, crisp fall Thursday morning here on the Rose Hill campus of Fordham. It is quite crisp outside. It is quite crisp. How are we doing today, fellas?
0: I think we're good. Listen, I'm happy to be back here. Another bright (laughs) and early show start, but hey, let's
2: get... Let's get it going. No yeah. better
0: way
1: to start uh, the day. I'm doing well, as well. Lou and I, our, our 8.30 class got canceled. I was going to say
0: that was huge. We, this is, that uh, was, big this, that was big. That, that was
1: is, big.
2: That is a win. You're really starting your day off with win after win after win. Look at that.
0: Uh, at Thursday, 8.30 getting canceled. Yeah. That's a sign of hopefully good things to come. Yeah.
2: That is absolutely a good omen. I'm so happy for you too, and I'm oh, so happy good. to be back. I, right. love, I love our little podcast that we get to do together to huh. talk about Talk about hockey. It's my favorite thing ever. I guess let's just get right into it. Talking about the Broadway Blue Shirts, the boys, the New York Rangers. They won 6-4 over the Anaheim Ducks on Monday. I was at that game. Pretty good game all in all. I mean, let's, first of all, I just want to say that the Anaheim Ducks took an absolute beating this weekend on the East Coast. Like, if rough we trip just, for them. Rough oh. trip for them. If we can just briefly <laughs> mention that, I feel very... I feel bad. I do feel bad. It was not pretty in any of the three arenas that they stopped in. So, well wishes to the Anaheim Ducks as they maybe have their little ducks in a row and waddle back to the yeah. West Coast. <laughs> I wanted to see on Twitter how many duck puns I could get during that game. <laughs> Our producer, Tyler, who is currently waddling through the FEV studio uh, to mimic the like Ducks a Penguin. Waddling. Well, waddles are waddles. I'll, How do I'll,
1: I'll you? It's tough I, to differentiate between yeah. <laughs>
2: the different kinds of waddles. Different like. waddles. That's true. Well, I take we, it back then. Okay. Wow, we're making discoveries this morning here on five on three. We'll examine this later, but <laughs> they want Something to
0: look into for sure.
2: Something to absolutely look into. Scientists should really take a look at this. Um, but Rangers win six four over the Anaheim Ducks. They looked pretty strong. I mean, I have to say this game for the Rangers, their special teams are just insane. Their power play squad is just absolutely absurd. First of all, I don't remember the exact number of what they went for on the power play. No, it was at least two power play goals. They are ridiculous. First of all, Um, I think that this game was just another continuation of what we've seen from them already this season of how they are looking more aggressive, how they are creating a lot of opportunities for themselves, how they're fighting all the way through to the end of the 60 minutes and not giving up when these teams do start to battle back. Because even though Mika said in the post-game locker press conference, he said, you know, I don't feel like we've won. I feel like we lost tonight because of how many times we let them come back and come close and how many times we let them score when either maybe we shouldn't have or how – we had a lead and thankfully they maintained the lead for the entire game, but how they, they did come close a couple of times and he's like, it doesn't really feel like we won because the score, what it was and we can't be letting in four goals every night, but nevertheless, we did win. So good for the Rangers. Tyler, what are your thoughts on this game and how this bodes as a continuation of what we've seen from the Rangers?
1: Yeah. I mean the offensive chemistry for the Rangers in pretty much all of their games this year, besides that Winnipeg game has been absolutely incredible. I mean, the passing it really feels like this team has unlocked a whole new level of skill that they might not even have had last year I mean Trocek's first goal with the duck or versus the ducks that was I mean incredible passing play thinking back to last week a couple of the passes that Lafferge made against the wild those were incredible so it just feels like this team when they get into the offensive zone they're so confident they it seems like they know what they're doing before they even do it which no obviously but it's just incredible to watch what they're doing and yeah, the defense hasn't maybe been up to to the standard that they'd want it to be, but it's game four of the season. You got some young guys on the back end. It, it time it'll take time to for things to gel, and what really matters is they they keep winning at this point of the year. And I mean Panarin, what can you say about this guy? Oh He's already gosh. got ten points in four games. So Jad's already got four goals. So these guys are. Literally picking off right where they left off, and it's incredible to watch. Listen,
0: I think if you were going to have one aspect that you wanted to come out the gate strong with, I think you'd pick the offense. Mm-hmm. If you looked at last year, it's something Gallant's even said. is like The defense took half the year to kind of get into gear, but when you watch them down the playoffs, the defense was pretty good. It was the offense that kind of fell flat down the stretch, and the offense was a question coming in for this team. You lose Kopp, Vetrano, Strom. Those are three big pieces. And so far, it's like they haven't even skipped a beat. It looks like they're better. They're way I better think. than they were last year. I know the power play was one of the best in the league last year, but it looks really good this year. It's really, really gelling. It's, they scored on three of their four power plays against Anaheim. It was almost four. So the fact that the power play looks that good, I think the even the five-on-five five offense still looks pretty good. The lines seem to be working like... If you're the Rangers right now, I think you have to feel like like the defense is only going to get better and you're, you're loving that the offense is this good this early.
2: I absolutely agree. I mean, and it's not like they're obviously now not focusing on the defense. Glant said that they've spent the last two days of practice focusing almost exclusively on defensive drills. So this team knows that that's their weak spot. They know that. They know that they can't be letting in four goals a game because – You're not going to be where you want to be. You're not going to be in the position that right now people are expecting you to be come game 82 at the top of the Metro come whenever come end of the Stanley Cup. If you're letting in four goals a game, that's simply just not going to happen. They know that defense is somewhere that they're lacking, but they're also making an effort to focus on it. Tyler, you brought up Artemi Panarin and I mean what, like, I am just speechless watching him. The bread man is what he is. We knew he was great last year. He continues to be excellent this year. He had four points the other night. So did Mika Jed. Adam Fox had three. Panarin had a goal, three assists. Mika had two goals, two assists. Fox had three assists. I mean, if you're, if your top players are producing like top players, I think that's just... It it can't help but bode well for the rest of the season. Starting out this strong really does help. I mean, I know it's only the middle of October, and there's so much left to go. I mean, we can't count anybody out, as we know, from the Blues being the worst team in the league halfway through the season and then winning the Stanley Cup. But, I mean, it can't hurt to start out this strong and to start out with such production from those top players.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's a great start. And not even – I mean, the top players are obviously – Playing incredible, but the Rangers have 12 players with multiple points, and we're only in game four. So that shows that they're not just getting the production from the top two lines, which the Rangers have always gotten production from the top two lines. And Adam Fox, he's always put up points. But the question has always been can the bottom two lines and the bottom pairings produce as well? And 12 guys with multiple points in four games, that shows that you're getting production up and down the lineup. And we've seen it. They've scored seven goals one game, they scored six goals last game. So it's just, it's really great to see. And I agree with you, Lou, that if you had to see one thing that came out of the season looking amazing, I think most people would have picked the offense. And that's what it's looking like so far.
0: You, you touched on it a little bit. I did love Fox's quote about winning is going to mask the mistakes and we need to focus on the defense. It's going to hurt us long term. And mentioning the Metro, like, you look at the Hurricanes through three games, they have three goals allowed. So that's mm-hmm. their defense is still very good. I just, I have faith that they're going to work on the defense and improve it. As far as the offense goes, like, yeah, like, I still don't think we've seen Kreider hit his peak. Like, Panarin and Savannah are are doing their thing. Fox is doing his thing. Uh, I think that if Kreider gets to the level he was at last year, too, then you're talking about a really, really fun team. Not that he's been bad or anything, sure. but like, you talk, like, I think you're seeing everyone on the line kind of step up and, and play well throughout the team. And that's something that. Should really excite you if you're a Ranger fan. That was again a question coming into this year, and so far the kids look good.
2: So far the kids do look good. I absolutely Lafreniere's think.
0: been playing well on that right wing with the second line. Like yes. that's that's huge.
2: Alexei, he look Lafreniere looked good the other night. I will say he did look really strong. I think that what is great about this specific Ranger squad. I know that we said that their window's only kind of opening, but maybe the window is closing at the same time. I think that this squad is genuinely something special, and I know it's early, but, like, you look at them, obviously last year they were kind of the underdogs through the entirety of the Stanley Cup playoffs. They were a little bit of the misfits who were absolutely not supposed to be there and just kept making it somehow. This team, I think this year, if they were to make it as far as they did or farther in the postseason, at least with how they're looking right now, absolutely no one would be saying, these are the underdogs, these are the whatever. Everyone would say they they should be there, and that's... I think undeniable right now.
0: I think there's something to be said for coming into a year thinking that you guys can win a Stanley Cup. I think that's totally. that's a mindset that kind of changes the way you go about things. Whereas last year, they, th- I think they thought they were good. I don't know if they thought they were a Stanley Cup good. Now I think they know that they can be that good. They made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Even though they lost to Tampa, they saw what it took. and I think that's a huge mindset shift
1: coming into this year. Exactly. It's that culture of winning. It's getting that mm-hmm. experience Finally, you, you, everyone thinks they know how to win, but you actually need to win before you know you can really take it to the next level. And I do agree. I mean, going into last year, yeah, no, no one thought the Rangers could win a Stanley Cup. I think people were like, okay, they should make the playoffs. Maybe they'll win a round, but their the, their window is still in the future. But the fact that they were able to make such leaps last year, I think, yeah, the the confidence in this team is just oozing.
2: Yeah, it absolutely is, and I mean. I think, like I've said already in this podcast, it really does bode well for the rest of the season for this team. Briefly, before we move on to the other teams around the Eastern Eastern Conference, the New York metro area. I don't know why I was saying that. Like, we're going to talk about every single team. Um, I want to talk about Dryden Hunt just being placed on waivers real fast. I liked Dryden Hunt. I really did. Like, I had nothing against the kid. Whatever. He had a goal this year. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you're doing fine. And then he was placed on waivers yesterday in what seemed like, according to Twitter, a very shocking move. My, my Twitter timeline was all people just going, what, what, what? How is this possible? And I was like, well, all right. But they have to free up cap space. As Tyler mentioned to me before the podcast, the cap space, in fact, might be going up by, I think, four million dollars, mm-hmm. um, which is pretty significant. But right now, obviously, there is nothing solid about that, and therefore the cap is what it is. And the Rangers were projected to, if we were to have the trade deadline tomorrow, they would only have a little bit over $800,000 of space at the deadline, so not even a million dollars. You can't do too much with that in this economy with all these high-paid players. But Hunt was cleared, or not cleared, but Hunt was put on waivers, and uh, he had a a half thousand dollar um contract and now with that off the books it frees them up about three million more because the space is going to compound throughout the season i don't know i i don't have too many super strong thoughts on it i like him i think he was a nice addition i enjoyed him lou do your it's, thoughts
0: listen we were laughing about this in the hockey group chat yesterday i liked what some of thomas quigley had to say and shout his,
2: out to quigs 04 his thoughts
0: absolutely it's <laughs> But listen, it's, he was a nice step piece to have if he clears waivers. It'd be nice to have him in the system in case we need him. Sure. But I think if you're the Rangers, the priority is you know, you're know you already in cap hell. you got to do whatever you want. I think the Ranger fans that are complaining about Dryden Hunt getting put on waivers right now won't be complaining if this somehow gets them Patrick Kane at the deadline. Oh, absolutely. I don't know that that's realistic, but you got to do whatever you have to do to put yourself into position. I think this team will be— somewhat aggressive at the deadline and get try and get at least one one piece I don't like they're doing great right now but we have no idea where they're gonna be come middle of the season so listen he's a nice piece I think they have the depth where if they lose Dryden Hunt it doesn't kill them at all
1: yeah I mean with Kravstov coming back too mm-hmm. they don't someone had to go They they couldn't afford to He's keep carrying. If yeah. everyone stays forward, healthy right so. now,
0: I don't see him being yeah. a factor in the playoffs. It was no, be, I uh, agree. It
1: was either going to be him or VZ, but I think VZ is. I think they. Lo- I think that. they love VZ. I think, VZ. They, love I think VZ. VZ they really oh, love I agree. That, That's Reed, the one thing
0: so. about this move is I think it shows a lot of faith in, in Jimmy V C oh, that yeah. they think he can stick around and. Play solid minutes on that fourth line. I think he's absolutely. I'm all in the Jimmy Vc resurgence season.
2: No, I agree, especially because he got his spot on this roster off of a PTO. You know, I mean, he wants he wants to fight. He wants to be there. He wants to be on a winning team. He's a New York at this point. He's a New York Ranger after so many years on a on a struggling (laughs) lineup. I think he's now really happy to be back on a team that has genuine prospects briefly, I know I just said that in our last transition, but one more briefly interjection before we then move on to the Islanders and Devils. David Quinn returns to the Garden tonight as the San Jose Sharks and the Rangers play off. San Jose Sharks are winless this season. I was sitting next to two guys from the Sharks um, on Monday's game, which was odd, and I was sitting next to them. They were making some very funny commentary throughout the game, but David Quinn returns tonight. Former Rangers coach, was there for three years. I... I think it's going to be a, a little bit of a fiery matchup because of that. The Rangers should absolutely win tonight, though. I mean, it's a winless San Jose team. I guess we'll see. But, anyways, I just wanted to bring that one up. I, I think he
0: gets such a meh applause when they announce it. Oh. It's going to be— <laughs> You don't I, It's booze? not full outright booze, I don't think. Just I, just like think a- I just think it's like—
1: yeah. Like, it's not, he's not getting it. There's
2: like the occasional woo, but it's all just like golf claps.
1: <laughs> I think, I think Kako's getting one tonight. Really? He has to. Just that would be full circle.
2: <laughs> I would love that personally. But have you guys seen on Twitter those things that are like, Welcome back, like, Ryan Strome. We've missed you, but not as much as you miss open nets. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and the one for um, David Quinn today was like, Welcome back, David Quinn. We miss you, but not as much as you mishandle young European forwards or something like that. And I was like, woof, 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 woof. Anywho, Not a
0: fan of David Quinn there, I can't say.
2: No, a lot of people are not, according to Twitter. So, <laughs> henceforth, we will see how tonight goes. He took a year-long hiatus from um, head coaching, and now he's in San Jose. So, Shall we move on a little bit to the Islanders? They have had an interesting start to their season. Uh, they also beat the Ducks, as we mentioned uh, earlier in the podcast. Smoked the Ducks him, dude. smoked them seven-one, I believe, was the uh, the score of that really one, correct. which is a tough look for the Anaheim Ducks. But ugh. Uh, the Islanders good for them to get that win because their home opener happened to the Panthers and they lost three to one. And everyone in our hockey reporting group chat was like tough year for the Isles. Sucks to suck. Sorry, Chris had but they're bouncing back. I mean, they beat the ducks seven, one beat the sharks five, two. So that does feel redeeming in a sense. And in the game against the ducks the other night, 12 different Islanders had points, which I feel, I mean, obviously if you're scoring seven goals, hopefully it's not the same, like two people or four people getting points in that night. But I think that's pretty significant for that team to show that they have this many people who are contributing in that way, especially because I will own it. I talked a lot of trash about this team last week. I said that I didn't have maybe not trash, but I said I didn't have higher
0: high on them yeah. I'm
2: not I'm not I was not high on the Islanders. I'm still not super high on the Islanders, but I am higher now mm-hmm. that they've won a couple of times and proven okay, maybe maybe the season could be different. I mean, we're only a few games in. but I think that, What's what's significant to me amongst other things about this game is that we've talked a lot about how like their offense needs to be just as productive. They need to be creating these opportunities for themselves. Like we've said about the Rangers, they had 45 shots on goal the other night, which is only two less than their season high last year, 47, also uh, against the San Jose Sharks, which is funny. That came in the game against the Sharks, not the Ducks. Um, and I, I mean, to me, that bodes very well for them. And also... Ilya Sorkin is a very, very good goalie.
0: Well, Like, look, I I was not like high on them after they lost their season opener. I was no. like, oh, boy, it could be the same old Isles. But big that they bounced back, I mean, it, we might be looking at the Ducks and the Sharks and be like, those aren't impressive wins at all, but you still needed to get those wins, especially after you lose the season opener, and I think – the the more you look back on it, I rewatched the highlights and I was like, I didn't realize how kind of well they played in that game. Like, it says three one, it was two one until the, they scored an empty netter. Florida did sure. to to seal that game. So the the Isles were in that until the last minute and a half. And the first goal, if you go back and watch it, I mean, is just threw it in from like the blue line and it just gets deflected. It's a really weird goal that I think Sorokin. Probably should have just didn't see that it got deflected, and both goals for Florida came off of turnovers in the D zone, which happened again against San Jose. So I'd say that's a little, their turnovers in their own zone have been sure. a problem so far. But I think there's an easier way to spin that first game as you're in it and it's whatever. Now you're back and you're winning, so I could I could get talked into that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Listen, they they look like they look like a completely newly energized team this year i'm telling you hmm. that game the game versus the ducks first off that was maybe the one, most one-sided hockey game i've ever witnessed in my life oh
2: my god <laughs> that
1: was utter domination on both ends of the ice but the islanders have such a more holistic offensive approach than last year they had five defensemen scored goal or yeah Matthew no they scored five goals they had five, goal, they had mm-hmm. five goals and sal scored twice and dobson scored they had mm-hmm. five goals from their defensemen versus the ducks their defensemen last year Two of them were Andy Green and Zidane Chara, hmm. who were not providing anything offensively, if anything, they were Shout taking away. Andy Green, by the way. Hope they're enjoying retirement, you guys. <laughs> but the Islanders' defense last year, besides Noah Dobson, really not much offensive prowess. Completely different this year. Now you have Romanov, and even just the... The offensive the the game plan, it seems like the defensemen are getting so much more involved in the play, especially during the ducks. I could count on my hand probably five or six times where I saw an Islander defenseman taking the puck below the goal line, making plays that way. They're just it's a much more fluid offense, and it seems like they just have a new energy. It seems like they really needed to just forget about last year and come back at this as a new year. And also Oliver Wallstrom has three goals in three games. He was extremely inconsistent last year. Mm -hmm. The notorious, you know, goat, I guess you could say, for Barry Trotz, there was definitely a love-hate relationship there. And the fact that Wallstrom has started off this season so hot, so many people around the Islanders and on the team as well have been talking about how big that is for his confidence. And they've been nice goals as well. The breakaway goal versus the Ducks was a beautiful goal. And then the two goals last night versus the Sharks, it showed off his elite shot that everyone's been talking about since he got drafted. So if they can get Oliver Wallstrom, to finally reach that potential that they draft him for, that would just be such an added bonus for this team because it really helps fill those lines out much more. And it really makes the Islanders a much more dangerous offensive team. You know, it's been the Islanders' MO for the past few years. We all know it's they're not going to win the 6-5 game. They're going to win the 2-1 game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, can you can you win a Stanley Cup if you are that one-dimensional, I guess? Sometimes you need to win, like the Rangers. Sometimes you got to win the 6-4 games when your defense doesn't show up. Right. The Islanders couldn't really do that. But, you know, obviously, Asterix, the Ducks and the Sharks are not known for their defensive abilities sure. necessarily. But the fact that the Islanders look so good on offense and they were getting contributions from all over the ice, that I think that really bodes well for this team.
2: I absolutely agree. And, I mean, we had Sorokin start in the game against the Ducks and then Varley, I believe, started mm-hmm. in the game against the Sharks. And to have both of your goalies win i think is also good a for morale and b instills a lot of confidence in this team that no matter who is in net for them that night they have at least someone strong to back them up you know i mean we talk about goaltending for the devils as the thing that we're like oh they're just a goaltender away whatever the islanders i think that i mean obviously i have a little soft spot in my heart for varley as i watched him for years on the avalanche i think that we've talked about them being such a strong goalie tandem and this just proves it i mean Varley stopped 26 of 28 shots the other night um, against the Sharks, which is pretty freaking good. I mean, maybe they weren't the most, you know, hard-hitting, crazy saves that we had to see someone make. But nevertheless, it does bode well. I agree. Having Wallstrom, having someone like that be able to fill out those maybe holes in their roster a little bit more and contribute to that offensive mindset for this team, I think is huge. I, it seems to me so far like things are going well with Coach Lane Lambert. I'm I will maybe be slightly more positive this week about them than I was last week. I mean it can't hurt to be they, at this
0: point. They look like a a pretty competitive team. They they do. It doesn't they look do. like they're going there's gonna be a repeat of last year. That's once again, like before last year, this was one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. There's still a lot of talent there. Like I think I think we're gonna see them as a playoff team. I don't think that's sure. crazy. I don't know. Was the, I don't remember if that was one of my hot takes
2: from no. last
0: week. See, I think my I think hot we take. We both had them in. You okay. both had them
2: in. My hot take was that I didn't think they were going to, and then I, I, I like, think we why? said. I don't
1: know if that was a hot take.
2: I don't know. I think we decided it was like a medium warm take. That checks out. I think that checks. It was like a, like a cup of cocoa, like medium warm. <laughs> yeah, like
0: they look. They look competitive. I mean, I think it'll be. I mean, they're it's the Devils tonight, so I guess we'll see. <laughs> we'll sound they're still not getting super tested, but yeah, uh, well they play the they play the Panthers again. They'll play the Lightning. Play mm-hmm. the Rangers. Like they'll get they'll get tested in the next couple of weeks, and I guess yes. we'll our take on the, the Islanders could very much be drastically shifted.
2: I agree. It will be interesting to see how they play against teams that. These teams that they've played so far, are teams actually, that like they this should this
0: meet. next stretch after Devils is, is Lightning, Panthers, is Rangers, Hurricanes. It's hard. So that after that stretch, I think we'll know a little bit more.
2: Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree. I think that what's going to tell us about. Well, what is going to tell <laughs> us? I can't speak, you guys. It's 1042 on a is Thursday morning, so we're tough. we're doing all right. I think that what is going to, to really clue us into how this season is going to go is that stretch against top teams in the East and against teams that so far they've beat teams that they should beat. What's it going to look like when they play teams that maybe people don't expect them to beat? You know, we'll see. A team that they probably are expected to beat tonight, the New Jersey Devils. They are just having a mighty tough season once again. However, they finally won. You guys, the other night they beat the they ducks. Beat the- they beat the ducks. ducks. I feel like a broken record, being like, and they beat the Ducks. But they did. Again, poor ducks. Tough hope- weekend
0: for ducks everywhere. Tough
2: weekend for ducks everywhere. Ugh, my heart goes out to ducks everywhere. I hope they're swimming in a nice pond. Ugh, rip the ducks. Anywho, I love Trevor Zegras. As we know, love him. It was so cool seeing him in person. It was awesome. But, I mean, tough game for the Ducks. Great for the Devils. Look at them go. Was it the greatest game they've ever played? Absolutely not. Um, they were down 2 nothing, and then they bounced back after that, and scored four unanswered goals to end up pulling it out 4-2. If you had asked me to predict who goals would have come from in that night, I probably could have predicted three of the four. It was He Share, Hamilton, and Mercer. I would have absolutely predicted Pilat he sure and mercer hamilton maybe not but i like dougie hamilton devils though we were talking last week saying that if they don't end up with a winning record five seven games in we might be seeing lindy Ruff out the door tyler texted last night when they were down saying or not last night the other night when they were down saying we might be seeing a, a game five coach firing happening maybe not now now that they've finally gotten maybe, maybe in the it's win game column. eight now. Maybe it's game he eight now. Bought
0: himself a few games.
2: Yeah, I think I think Lindy Ruff bought himself a couple games with that one. But they started off their season just so tough, losing five two to both the Flyers and the Red Wings. Last week we said they should beat the Flyers, and then we said oh. they should beat either oh. the Red Wings right. or the Ducks. We said they should win one of those two, and they should absolutely beat the Flyers. They did not beat mm-hmm. the Flyers, and they did beat the Ducks did not beat the red wings i mean i love i really do have a little soft spot in my heart for the devils but it is this is brutal to watch this is painful at this point and i just don't i don't know if they really are just a yeah. goalie away
0: no like, like talking about how the islanders look competitive the devils don't look competitive yeah. and our our ask wasn't even that they lose competitive it was that they win games this year yeah. that was our ask last week so not a great start to the Devils. I know, listen, hey, Flyers, 3-0. Like, Tor- I know. Tortorella. Was, can we
2: talk about how crazy Flyers, that is that real, they were? Real
0: quick, after Tortorella was asked if they had any talent or any redeeming qualities, I was like, no. no they're 3-0, <laughs> so shout out to the Philadelphia Flyers.
2: Aren't they 3-1 and now? Didn't they, they lose lost to the Panthers? Night, yeah. Well, Still, yeah, they were in the undefeated category, which there were so many memes on my Twitter timeline about how it was like all these like super top undefeated teams, and then it was like the Flyers? But Try I to
1: spell Philadelphia, but you can't, cause there's no L's in Philly right now. Well, we Tyler's say? our resident Philadelphia boy, so everyone knows. I don't so claim the knows. Flyers, but I mean, <laughs> when Philly's got it, they've got it. Let's mm-hmm. say that things are looking up.
2: Absolutely, things uh, are looking up. I could
0: see a world where Tortorella gets them to be like okay, like, but I don't. They're they're not gonna be this good. I think we're gonna look back on that Devils opening loss to Philly as maybe a sign of how this season's gonna go, because. I was kind of on board with, like, that I could see the Devils being competitive and, and maybe making a play for them. I think I had them just falling short of the playoffs. Yeah. I don't think they even come close.
1: Oh. I don't know. I, I, think, <laughs> I think I'm think i still on the boat of they're just a goalie away because they should have beat Detroit. Yeah. Vanacek looked like hot garbage in goal, if we can just be honest. <laughs> like, that was – some of the goals he let in were – horrendous. Yeah. Like they they probably should have beat Detroit, Philly. I mean, some of the goals Blackwood let in weren't weren't the best either. So, I think that I think that they need they just need to get that consistency in goal because if the, if they had gotten league average goaltending over the these first three games, I think they'd be 2-1, if maybe not 3-0. Oh. So, we'll see. You know, it's been a very small sample. I don't want to draw too many conclusions, sure. but if like, at what point does it become if the Devils start, I don't know, I'm, i us just throw an arbitrary number out there. If they start, like, they have six wins in their first 15 games or whatever, but they're playing well and it's just, like, continually the goaltending has let them down. I don't know what you necessarily do in that scenario. Yeah. Do you make a trade for another goalie? I mean, it's not like Blackwood and, and Vanacek. You just signed Vanacek, yeah. so he's not going anywhere. Blackwood they seems to be— They don't want to get rid of Blackwood. The, I mean, they don't want to. They might have to at the yeah. end of this year if he, if he keeps playing the way he's been playing. He was a little better last night, but it, it's just it's a really weird situation too with Lindy Ruff because it's like, well, the eye test says the team might not be playing as bad as the record suggests, but at the end of the day, the name of the game is results, and if you're not getting the results, but can you really blame the coach that much if the goalies are letting it? They couldn't stop a beach ball, so. I don't know. I think the Devils kind of like it's the Islanders. I just need to. I I want to. I want to watch more of them. I want to see if maybe this goaltending can just correct itself. And if it does, how this team looks then? Because I think it would be a different story if they had a uh, better goaltending. Uh,
0: I'm still intrigued by the some of the comments Ruff made about when, when they won, when they came back and and beat the Ducks. One of the mm-hmm. things he mentioned is he started sitting some of the kids, started really benching them and playing. More of the veterans, which is if you look at Alexander Holt's time mm-hmm. on ice through the first three games, it's fourteen thirty six, then down to nine twenty, then yet on Tuesday five fifty five.
2: Oh yeah, he barely. It's a seven over,
0: seven overall pick, and listen, I like. I know that you want to win games this year. If if you're the Devils, if it comes at the expense of developing your youth, is that exactly where you want to be? Where hey, like you ended up over five hundred, but. You had to sit you had to sit Holt a lot of the time and yeah. he didn't yeah. get the time he needs. like is that yeah. the best no, thing he's for the well, to Rangers the Twitter season. for the
1: past three seasons right. like, yeah, that's right. literally what it's been the past three years. yeah, okay, we're looking better, David Quinn, but you're playing Kako and Lafreniere 11 minutes a night like come on yeah
2: I think I guess okay here's a here's a hypothetical. We just watched John Gibson lose three in a row for the looked bad he looks bad. But I don't. I he made some pretty great saves against the Rangers. I will say there was a moment, Artemi Panarin literally back to back to back to back shots on goal within probably fifteen seconds. It was incredible the saves that he was making. Me and the guys next to us were all just like that was, that was a save. Do you think if the Devils had someone like Gibson, it'd be better for them? Or I'm trying to think of it, name like name a middle of the road goaltender if they had a. I don't know.
1: I mean a name I saw kinda being thrown around to start this year. I don't know how the team is doing, but if the team kind of fell off a cliff would be Connor Hallebook.
2: Hmm.
1: I don't know if the Devils could afford that. But that's the kind of guy John Gibson too at the start of the year, although he's had a bad start in the first what, three or four games yeah. that he's played. Um I don't know. I think if the Devils had like over the course of his career, John Gibson, you had that John Gibson? Yeah, they'd You'd be, be they'd be two and one if not three and zero.
2: But but the current H- John Gibson.
0: How would the devils look with a like Cam Talbot? With Cam <laughs> That's Talbot. <what> she, yeah. <laughs> That's, <laughs> uh, That's a good
2: question, I actually. I don't know. Hmm. Huh. I mean, better than they are now. I'm
1: gonna be honest, I don't what team is Cam Talbot on this year? He's on Ottawa. Okay, Ottawa.
2: Okay. I was gonna say I was like, he got traded. Yeah. I don't I know I don't he wasn't
1: the team. He's been on a lot of teams. He's been on a, a lot of teams.
2: Former ranger, Cam Talbot. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we can we can spout hypotheticals for the rest of our days. I I hope things turn around for the Devils. I really, I enjoy that franchise. I respect Lindy Ruff a lot as a head coach. Oh, my God, that was such a weird noise my throat just made. <laughs> I just, like, my uvula just did such a weird thing. Wow, anyways, hope all the listeners that are enjoying that one. Um, I, I... I have a lot of respect for Lindy Ruff and the way that he coaches and the way that he interacts with media and just who he is. Obviously, one of the winningest coaches of all time. I don't know. Maybe his time in Jersey is coming to an end. Maybe he's just not the right fit for them to bring them to the place that they want to be. I don't know who would be. I don't have a name off the top of my head for someone that I could replace, but replace him with. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's just not the right fit. Time will only tell. As we continue on in this season, I want to touch on the Toronto Maple Leafs real fast. Um, Lou Orlando wanted to talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs especially. There were some comments made by their head coach the other night. He was saying they they dropped to uh, the Arizona Coyotes, which I think is personally just hilarious, um, considering that two out of the three of us, if not all three of us, all were like, ah, they'll be Eastern Conference champs or Metro. Or I thought
0: they were going to be the best team in the Eastern Conference.
2: Yeah, and we— I... We ha- I think you Tyler, did you have them winning the cup? I think I
1: did, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think Tyler either.
2: had them winning the cup last week and I mean they dropped to the Coyotes, which are just a very funny franchise. And I mean, I was a little bit in disbelief of that. And even the coach said the difference between us and Arizona is that we have elite players, but our elite players don't play like elite players. And that must be some tough yeah. news if you are on the Maple Leafs.
0: That is I I know like I read some quotes about them responding to it. It's like they know Keith. They know that they, they've they been around the NHL locker rooms. I don't think that they think it's a big deal, but, like, it's week one. We're already getting a quote like that out uh, of yeah. Toronto. Like, that just made me go, like, oh, that's not that's not great. And you, you look at them, listen, it, it's still super early. Like, I'm not super concerned ab- about Toronto, but through the first four games you lost to the Canadians and the Coyotes, two teams that I think are, you, we'd all agree, are bottom five teams in the NHL, sure. and then, one goal wins against the Caps and the Senators. Senators don't look great so far. Caps don't look great either. So like, not a great start for the Maple Leafs, and this is not a team that I think really can can stomach a an elongated tough start.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not worried about them at all. It, it it's a really really bad look to lose at home to the Coyotes. It is, it was, I think it was Monday, October 17th, so, like, it's, there's a long ways to go, and yeah. Keith Absolutely. did come out the next day, and he was like, okay, that, I, what I, I was trying to that. say might not have come out <laughs> <laughs> in the way I was he, actually trying to what say. What he was yeah. trying, he, he was you like, I was suck. trying to more talk <laughs> about, you know, how we just weren't producing at, you know, five on five, and the power play, and. I kind of got the feel I was reading some of those same comments that you were reading Lou about like what Marner and Matthews were saying and I kind of got the vibe that they were kind of signaling to the media like all right guys chill out like, yeah. Matthews he said, I've been here seven years yeah. I know I know the jig I, sure. I know what's going on like yes, we didn't play great, but like let's relax and I think when you get comments like the ones that Keith made, obviously that's gonna raise some eyebrows, but especially in Toronto. We know how notoriously difficult that media is, and I yeah. think that something like that he probably should not have said even if it what he was even if it's what he was feeling, that's only gonna create more more drama, I guess you could say, but then you know, Marty did come out and said, listen, we have conversations without you guys for reasons. uh we know Sheldon, he knows us, we cleared it up, so I, I'm not really worried about it um now if the, you know they if we're t- three weeks from now and they're still dropping games like that then you might have a problem but i i think Toronto is fine i think just a slow start it happens
0: more, more often than not these things are blown out of proportion by the media oh, yeah. like i don't think this his comments affect the team in any way i think it actually like it motivates them i think the team kind of loves that he says that but
2: tough love it is I mean, a story. there have been a number of a number of quotes said by various people around the league least recently that have all made at least the headlines of my social media, if not other headlines from players, coaches, etc. I don't know if there's something in the water this year, if it's just the kind of media that I'm being presented with. It feels like people are like harsh this year. Coaches, players alike are all they drop a game and they're like, I'm sick of this. It started with the Miles Wood quote of I'm sick and tired of being on a losing team which that was, like, game one of the entire year. Now we have the Keefe quote. It just feels like, I don't know, feels like people are, are tough this year. Decent the Canucks guys, now, too.
0: Decent, yeah. decent cool. quote from their head coach, too, about them being mentally weak. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, not look, great.
2: let's take that as, a, as an excuse to then ponder over to the Vancouver Canucks. Woof. Talk about a tough start. Talk about just not great hockey being played in Vancouver. They are... What is the like the first team first in ever. league history, history to drop their first four games when they have multi goal leads? Exactly. Is that the stats? Yeah, that's
0: the exact stat. It's
2: ridiculous. Yeah, not what you want. Not what you want. I feel bad for them. You can just tell how frustrated they are watching them play. Of course, listening to them talk to the media. I you could not you could not pay me to be in that locker room. I'm not that locker room, but in that media room right now. I think that it would just be the worst environment because everyone does not want to be there. I I feel bad. It's a tough start. To to have a stat like that, to be the first team in NHL history to achieve that stat. It's not a good look for you. <laughs> I feel I'm yeah. so sorry. There was, there was like
0: a point in time where JT Miller had been on the ice for every goal that they'd allowed. It was like eight.
2: Oh, yeah. First it was eight, eight against JT Miller. Yeah. Was, he was like, I'm on the ice for all eight of them. And then he said, like, what that's, the that's expletive. That's brutal, dude. Yeah. I guess. That's, that's. There are some. That's, good a, quotes that's a, out a crazy. Of that's a crazy There's some
1: really good quotes coming. There was a, on Frank Cervelli's show. Cervelli? Cervelli? Yeah. One of the uh, on his yeah. show yesterday, there was, I forget the. The guy's an analyst for the Blackhawks now. I want to say it's Colby Cohen. I I might be forgetting his yeah, name. But uh, mind. he yeah. said that he, he's getting reports that there's a lot of friction in that locker room. Mm. And he used the word he said it's real clicky in that mm. locker room. Really, Which I was very interested to see. But, you know, you combine that with Brujo's comments about his team being mentally weak and JT Miller's comments over the weekend. And it just seems like a really, really bad situation that – We're only four games in, but it seems like this could be really close to just completely falling off the rails. And we saw what happened with Vancouver last year. They got off to such a dreadful start, and then they made an incredible push at the end of the year and missed the playoffs by a few points because they started so poorly. And now it's crazy. We might be seeing the exact same thing happen all over again. But that team has just, yeah, there's really been no bright spots besides Elias Pedersen. He's been playing fantastic. he's been great. But Miller, you just gave him this fat contract, and he he's minus eight right now. I know plus minus isn't, you know, the biggest stat, but over a small sample size, it, it, I think it says a little more. And when you're minus eight, four games in that, that's not good. I think Quinn Hughes has not, I think he's been on ice for 12 or 13 goals against in four games. So it's just like when, when these, when your best players, the guys you're paying the most are, are just bleeding goals like that. It's going to be bad. And yeah, multi-goal leads <laughs> in all four games. That's incredible. That makes every other team that's off to a rough start. That Look makes like them feel a little bit better. We'll see how long. Uh, I mean, we started the year saying Lindy Ruff might be the hottest seat. I think Bruce Boudreau think is Bruce rapidly showdown. approaching that because, remember, he was denied an extension this offseason. Ooh. He uh, they he uh Jim Rutherford I believe was like, well, no, we're not going to give you an extension yet. Let's let's see you do it over the course of a full season. Hmm. And uh it's 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 gone horrendous to start. So, I don't know. We'll see. Uh-huh. They play uh they play I believe Minnesota tonight. Minnesota and then, they, and then Buffalo. They go home Sorry. versus Buffalo. So, Crikey. we'll see if uh the Canucks can turn it around, but uh, just probably the worst start. Worse than you even—you probably wouldn't even imagine that you could yeah. start that bad. No, yeah, this
0: is this is a team that they think they were going to be in a conversation for the playoffs. I thought that they could be close and have a fighting chance. And I mean, listen, there's undoubtedly
1: talent here, especially in their top two to three lines. But geez, like, yeah, awful. I'm just remembering too—they had a they had a players-only meeting after their loss yes, to the Caps too. So it just—it seems like that's really a dysfunctional environment right now.
2: Yeah, there there needs to be some conversation had in that locker room with that team somewhere somehow to fix the chemistry. Start
0: burning some sage or something. Yeah, like start, for real do, a do do whatever you need to do. do a cleanse. Mental.
2: There is some demons mental state in that locker is a room. big
0: part of sports.
2: Oh yeah. There, there gotta be some demons in that locker room. I think, yeah, <laughs> they're Sage. They're fighting demons they're right They're fighting now. <laughs> demons. I think Sage would be a great way to start. I will personally mail it to you. I promise it'll be okay. Vancouver, maybe not, but.
1: I, I know, I
0: did know you wanted to talk about the Kudnetsov.
1: Oh yeah. oh yeah. Well, I guess yeah, we are talking about Kuznetsov or the Canucks. Yeah, but yeah. Go ahead. Kuznetsov getting suspended for the one game. I mean, I just thought that it's was like crazy. one of the funniest things, things I've seen. Oh my god, French Revolution I, is such a funny way to I, put that. I, I he definitely was not trying to hit him in the face. He was definitely mad about the hit that happened and was trying to give him like a torso mm-hmm. slash. Um, I was a little surprised he only got suspended one game. I Me feel too. like the NHL would try and make a statement like, listen, dude even though you probably weren't trying to hit him in the face you can't be swinging your stick like a tomahawk he was playing at baseball he was yeah. playing
2: baseball
0: every time i see that in my head i laugh it's honestly <laughs> one of the funniest things i've seen on the hockey ice in a, a long time it's cuz it's
2: so it's such a
0: goofy motion too like he just goes
2: <laughs> it's some of the things. just absolutely so him good. I think French Revolution is like the funniest. Uh, way I'm gonna be using that, that. term from now yeah, on. It's really good. Off. I'm absolutely taking that. That is pretty good. Wow. I mean, Vancouver Canucks woof suspension. Funny. No, not really. But like, it's a crazy video. Yeah. That
0: I think that just gets piled on to the fact that they're 0 4. Like, if they had done that to another team, you could be like, yeah, like we're tough. Were yeah, them. right you just got hit in the face with a hockey stick dude yeah
2: if, if you were 4 no and you pulled that I'd be like whoa that's that's intense your own four and mm. it's like and you're just it feels a little desperate I don't know you can feel this team it's just absolutely I don't know desperate they're in a place where they're they need to change something a lot of things need to change if they have any hope of turning it around you know what? I don't know. Hopefully, they can all go bowling together for team bonding and figure out a way to be happy again. Bowling
0: solves all problems.
2: I love bowling. It solves it's a lot of problems. Um... As we know, also today reverse retro jerseys are being dropped for every team. There have been some leaks already coming out for a couple of the teams. Reverse retros come today. There have been a couple really good ones so far in the leaks. If they're real, the Islanders jersey I think is sick. Apparently they're going fishermen.
0: They go fishermen. That's huge. That
2: is a that is a sick jersey. It's like teal too. That's
0: what the people want. Oh,
2: that is what the people want. Give the people what they want. Um, Vegas, I. think. I actually don't know if Vegas had their leak come out yet or if that was an old one I was looking at I mean I don't know I think the Nashville jersey is fine I don't like that it says Nashville in teeny tiny little letters above their very cartoonish predator he's quite cartoonish their saber-toothed tiger or whatever it is I don't know just a funny a fun little prediction before we go based off of our last round of uh, reverse retro jerseys that we saw from every team who do we think is going to have the best reverse, reverse retro jersey, and who's going to have the worst?
1: Well, if what we saw before the show was correct in the Lightning's leaked reverse retro, it, it was immediate putrid. <laughs> it was so bad. So I would... If that's real, I think, yes. honestly, it could be just the Lightning in general, too, because I don't really know... I, I think the, te- the newer teams are kind of at a disadvantage because mm-hmm. they can't, like... The Islanders can go back to that fisherman look. The Rangers can. We'll see what they tr- we'll see if they try to do that Lady Liberty Rain. again, which Ooh, was I not love the, the, you like. I like I, I like, like the, the lady original lady. ones, not the not the new oh. ones, not the reverse retros that they made two years ago. Those were not good. Ooh. But the original ones from like the early two thousands. I like those the original ones, those ones were from nice. two thousands. Yeah, those were nice. So we'll see. I don't I don't know if I necessarily have a prediction for who's going to be the best or the worst because sometimes they're just so like out there. They're kind of hard to predict. But I. We'll see. I don't know. I'm not like too excited I about could, it. From being I honest. could see
0: Ottawa having a bad one.
2: Senators. Yeah. I saw. I saw an Edmonton Oilers, not the Oilanders. They have good. The they Oilers. Have good I thought
1: the Oilers could be Le-
2: good. The one that I, I saw that was like a gear on fire, hmm. and I was like, ah. It
1: was like oil.
2: Interesting. Well, yes, in reference to okay. to oil mechanics. However, I thought it was it, it was fine, but it kind of looked like an asteroid, but like not. I didn't love it. I was like, look, I feel like there are things you can do, but I guess there's only so much I you can do. Liked it. Is uh, oil. You like that? Is Anaheim
0: going to do Mighty Ducks? Cuz if they, they do should. that, that would be awesome and I'd be That'd totally be the automatic
2: that. winner. If they if do Mighty that could Ducks, be that is the winner. I think I'm really excited to see Colorados. There's a lot of rumors about them going back to when before in reference to when the Devils were the Colorado Rockies before that they were bought and relocated to New Jersey. Those jerseys were kind of sick. I love the white, red, and blue color scheme of the state flag. Theoretically, I have heard rumors that that is the route that they could be going, returning to that color scheme, having the yellow, having the Colorado, the C from the Colorado state flag. That would be sick. I would love that.
0: San Jose feels like a lock to have a good one, too.
2: Sure. Sure. I, yeah. Oh, I'm looking, I'm now looking at the last. Lady Liberty reverse retro jerseys for the uh, Rangers. And, They're yeah, I don't like them as They're much. Just... It was it was the the navy blue. That one, I, I, f- I don't love it as much. I think if they were to do the white ones, I think that would be so that'd much be cleaner. Cool. I don't know. I guess only time will tell. I think that – oh, yeah, the Tampa Bay ones last time were so bad. I The Canucks, if theirs is th- true, what leaked for them, I don't love it that much. You, I would not look at it and say that's the Vancouver Canucks, personally. It's just a man. So – I don't. I don't know. We will see. That will just about do it for us this week on Five on Three. Though I will be at the Garden tonight for Rangers versus San Jose Sharks. The Devils play the Islanders. The Islanders tonight. tonight. So both teams will be encapsulated on Long Island. We will see. Before we go, real quick, who do you think is winning that game? I'm going Islanders. Islanders.
1: Islanders. Absolutely. No, nope, actually, Devils. I okay. Be
2: okay, Tyler's gonna be a contrarian. This has been another episode of Five on Three. Five on Three is a production of WFUV Sports. Have a great week, everybody.